Hi, and welcome back to session two of our study of the purpose, practice, and power of prayer. I finished our last session by stating that there is a huge difference between being in a war, like a refugee who's trying to escape it, and being at war, like a warrior who is in it to win it. You have an enemy who hates you. He never takes a day off. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 6 and verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And if your enemy can't defeat you through discouragement, then he will try to lull you to sleep through complacency. As Paul goes on in Ephesians 6, he describes our spiritual armor and weapons. That's what our last session was all about. And then in verse 18, he tells us the strategy. In verse 18, he says, and pray, and pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. In today's English version, it says, and pray on every occasion as the Spirit leads. The King James says, praying always. The contemporary English version says, never stop praying. Well, how is that possible? Well, I'll give you a few ideas in a minute. But before I do that, I want to talk about what's at stake in this war. And I'll give you five simple ways to organize your prayer life. So first, let me answer the question, what do I pray for? And to answer that question, I want to draw you a picture. I want to show you something. Now, I have to warn you, you're about to discover something about my artistic abilities. I was a pretty good student in school, but there was one time I was in danger of failing a class. It was my seventh grade art class. And my teacher, bless her heart, she was one of those, oh, there's an artist in every child. We just have to release the artist in the child. Three weeks into the class, I was trying to draw something. She leaned over my shoulder and she said, are you sure you wouldn't rather take Spanish? I'm not, I'm kidding, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. This, this happened, okay? <laughs> she didn't release the artist and the child. She released the child from the art class. Anyway, I want to show you something. I'm going to try to draw a circle and see if I can pull this off. I guess that's not bad for three years of Spanish. Anyway, in 1983, the United States Navy deployed the first battleship that was equipped with something called the Aegis Defense System. So this will be my little battleship. Here's my battleship, all right? It's got a gun on it. There you go. Deployed this battleship with something called the Aegis Defense. It was developed by uh, Lockheed Martin. And Aegis is the world's premier naval defense system. It is a radar tracking system that can search, track, and destroy over 100 targets on land, in the air, on the sea, and under the sea all at once, and it, and it, it uh, tracks them within a 115-mile radius. 
It's 115 miles in every direction. It can also, because it's in a fleet, it is defending the rest of that fleet. It's directing these attacks against these hundred targets and it directs them simultaneously while at the same time it is deploying defenses, defense systems to protect that fleet from incoming attacks by uh, uh, surface missiles from, or surface vessels from aircraft that might be coming after them, from uh, uh, torpedoes under the water, and even from missiles. It fires missiles at missiles. It's like shooting a bullet at a bullet. And they called this system Aegis. It's the Aegis defense system. So why did they call it Aegis? It's an interesting word. And what does that have to do with prayer? Well, let's look at the meaning of the word Aegis. Originally, back in Greek mythology, Aegis was the name of Zeus's shield. So Aegis originally was the shield of God. But today, it has a different meaning. And I want you to write this down because it's really important for us to, to, to grasp this. Write this down. Aegis means the realm or reach of authority, influence, protection, responsibility, and advocacy. Let me say that all again. I know that's a lot. It's the realm or reach of authority, influence, protection, responsibility, and advocacy. So I have a question for you to write down. You got all of that? Here's my question. What is the aegis of my prayer life? What is the extent of the territory that you cover? What targets are you tracking? What's in your circle of influence? Well, you might think, well, you know, I don't really have any authority or influence. Sure you do. You have influence over people. You have influence over decisions. You have influence over the direction, maybe, of an organization. Let me give you some ideas to write down. Your realm or reach of authority, influence, protection, responsibility, and advocacy. Write these things down. They include your family, your spouse, your parents, your kids, your siblings. It also includes your friends. Write that down, your friends. You know, if God has given you friends, then you have a divine call, a privilege, a responsibility to pray for your friends. Something else in the aegis of your prayer life is your church. That includes your pastor, your kids' Sunday school teachers, the impact of the ministry and the reach of your church and your community, which also then leads to your community. That's something else that's in the aegis of your prayer life. And that includes not only your, your neighborhood or your city, it also includes your nation. Praying for our government leaders, not just complaining about them, but praying for them. Another part of the aegis of your prayer life is work or school. This is your, your coworkers, your boss, your kids' teachers, your classmates if you're a student. Here's another one. Projects and events. Projects and events. Projects and events include opportunities, threats, challenges, the things that you are working on. What is on your horizon? In what areas are you or your family or your friends 
vulnerable to attack? Is each area being watched and covered? Is any area being neglected? You see, if we attempt to sail into dangerous waters without the Aegis system of prayer in full operation, we risk failure. We won't even know what hit us. And the failure will come not because of God's heavy-handedness, but because of the absence of His empowering hand. You say, well, Lord, why did you let this fail? And God will say, well, why didn't you ask me to help you succeed? Paul says, be alert and always keep on praying. Jesus said in Matthew 26, watch and pray. Notice it's not enough just to pray. We must be watchful, be alert, vigilant. We must pay attention. We must be watchful and we must be prayerful. Watch and pray. In other words, keep an eye out for what's going on around you. There is so much at stake not to pray. Eternal lives are at stake. Life on earth is at stake. Think of the people, the responsibilities, and the opportunities that are in your life. Imagine what could happen if you prayed for those things regularly. Or to put that in a darker way, imagine what could happen if you don't pray. There is so much at stake. So I come back to my question, what is the aegis of your prayer life? Now, does this sound overwhelming? Hang on, okay? I'm going to make it simple in a minute, all right? So don't give up. I'm not done. Just hang in there with me. But first, I want to answer another question. Paul says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So what does he mean by all kinds of prayers and requests? Well, in the Bible, we read about many different kinds of prayer, such as intercession, supplication, and petition, and, and there are many others. So what's the difference between them? Are they all the same thing? No, they're not. And I, I don't have time to talk about them now, so in your study guide, I have included a description of seven types of prayer. And I want to encourage you to look those things over and talk about them during your discussion time. So now let me try to, to make things simple and doable. Let me talk about how to organize your prayer life to be sure that things are being covered. Now you may be thinking, look, I, I don't have time for all this kind of prayer. Well, sure you do. Every prayer doesn't have to be lengthy. You can pray momentary prayers. Even just mentioning a person by name in prayer. In fact, the Apostle Paul did this many times in, in the Bible. In Ephesians 1.16, he says, I never stop being grateful for you as I mention you in my prayers. In 1 Thessalonians 1, he says, We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. And in Philemon, he says, I always thank my God when I mention you in my prayers. So you're not praying for an hour for everybody you know. You can just mention their name to the Lord. I'll give you an example. I do this often as I'm driving to work. I might pray, Lord, I just, I just want to thank you for my friends, Pete and Janet and Ron and Sandra and Doug 
and Faye and Steve and Cher and, and Stan and Connie. I thank you for their friendship. And I'm asking you today, would you just bless them with grace and peace today and watch over them? That's it. Simple. I've mentioned them in prayer. Now, if something serious is going on in their life, well, I might pray longer for that specific issue. But not only do you not have to pray long, drawn out prayers for everything and everyone, you also do not have to pray for everything all at once. It's up to you. You can take 30 minutes. You talk about, well, you need to pray 30 minutes a day. I don't have, I don't have the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There goes my brain. Attention span. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't, have, I don't have the attention span to pray for 30 minutes uninterrupted. I, I, I'm sorry. A lot of people do that. Awesome. I, I know. I can't do that. So what I do is I spread things out over time. I, I'll take just a minute or so often throughout the day, and I'll just pray as long as I feel prompted to pray. So you can pray momentary prayers. Here's another suggestion to help you get organized. Schedule your prayers. Schedule your prayers. Put them on a calendar. Set an alarm. Do something to remind yourself to pray. The time and the frequency are entirely up to you. Now, some things you're going to pray for on a daily basis, like your family. Some maybe on a weekly or even a monthly basis. You just put it on a calendar. You don't have to pray for everything every day. Some things are just a one-time request, a test that maybe somebody's going through. So you write down, on such and such a day, right, at this specific time, well, I'll pray for my friend who is having surgery or my daughter who's having a, a job interview, right? You just write it down. Some things require daily prayer for a specific period of time that must be pressed through in the Spirit to accomplish their purpose. I'll give you an example. I have a friend named Dave who travels to the Philippines a couple times a year to train pastors. So I'll put on my calendar the day he's leaving and the day he's coming home. And in those 10 days, I pray for my, ten, my, my friend Dave. Once he gets home, he's on his own, you know? No, but I, it's just that period of time, that season, I'm praying for him. A season of opportunity might be where a, 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 some kind of a challenge may be, where far-reaching decisions must be made, like buying a house or changing a job or a turning point in a dating relationship. Here's another idea. You can set up what I call prayer memorials. Now, here's where I got this idea. My mentor... Uh, it's a man named Jack Hayford. In fact, he's the one who told me about Aegis to begin with. But I spent a couple days with him at his house a few years ago, and I, I was asking him about his prayer life. So he took me out in the front yard of his house. He, he has a, a long sort of ranch-style house, with a big, long front yard, wide front yard. He took me out in the front yard, and he pointed over to, to his, uh, his right, and he said, you see those two pine trees right there? He says, that's Ken and Lloyd. He said, when I come out in my front yard and I see those trees, I think of my friends. They're my two best friends in ministry, Ken and Lloyd. I pray for them when I, see, when I look at those trees. He just mentions them. And then down underneath those trees, there was a, a, little, uh, a little, like a bench, a little park bench. And he said, that's Dean and Lori. And those are his and his wife's closest personal friends. He said, I pray for them. 
And then along the front of his yard was a fence that had these brick columns in between the, the fence pieces. And he said, that's the church where he pastors. He said, that's the college that he had started. And he just sort of identified what these little pillars meant. And then in the middle of the yard was this beautiful fountain right in the middle. And he said, that's Anna, his wife. He said, she's a fountain of life. And then behind that fountain, it still makes me emotional just thinking about this. There was a birch tree on the other side of the fountain. He said, that's you. To think that my friend, my mentor, would pray for me that way. So I stole that idea from my mentor. And I adapted it for myself. I'll give you some examples of what I've done. I have a son-in-law who is a sheriff's deputy. So whenever I see a police car, I pray for my son-in-law, Micah. I have another son-in-law who's a firefighter. And so whenever I see a fire truck, I pray for my son-in-law, Sean. And if all I do is hear a siren, but I don't see any vehicles, I pray for both of them. It's a little memorial, a little, a little trigger to remind me to pray. I have another friend who, for reasons too long to go into, uh, he, he, kept he would post, I would see every now and then in social media, he'd post just 1111, 11 11s. guy's name is Eric. And I thought, I don't know what all this means, but whenever I see 1111, I'm going to pray for Eric. And I can't tell you how many times that happens. I can't tell him how many times it happens. He'd think it's creepy. He'd think I'm like stalking him. Because it happens almost every day. Something happens. It's either on a clock. The other, just a couple weeks ago, I was with my wife. We were riding a bicycle through Washington, D.C. We stopped at a corner. I looked at the building on the corner, and the address was 1111. I prayed for Eric. It just happens all the time. The point is, I'm setting up these little memorials, these little reminders to pray for people, and, and they happen at random. They're not planned. They just happen at, at random. Here's another time management idea that you can uh, use to, to make things easier. You can pray what I call first-minute prayers. First-minute prayers. The, the first minute when you walk into work, you just pray silently for your company, for your boss, maybe a coworker, or a project that you're working on. Just for a minute, just a moment. Or when you drop your kids off at school, you just take a minute as you're driving away to pray for their school day. Pray for their teachers. Pray for any challenges that your, your kids are having at school that maybe they've told you about. These are first-minute prayers, and they happen throughout the day. The minute before you make an important phone call. The minute before you, you meet with a friend for coffee. The minute before you meet with a client. That first minute when you get in the car in the morning. The first minute when you're driving home. Now, of course, there are times when you get on your knees and wrestle with God in prayer over something. But I find that most often it is the simple, short, moment-by-moment -moment prayers that keep me aware of God's presence throughout the day because I'm talking to Him throughout the day. I'm inviting Him into every situation and every part of my life with simple, short, momentary prayers. Lord, protect me. Lord, bless this project. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, help me to be strong. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, help my friend, etc. Just those kinds of prayers, constant short prayers that just keep me in a constant conversation with God. Here's another idea. It's what I call pray for drop-in visitors. 
pray for drop-in visitors. Now, what do I mean by drop-in visitors? A drop-in visitor is the person who randomly pops into your mind, out of the blue. It might be someone you haven't thought of in a long time, but just all of a sudden, there they are, and you're going, why am I even thinking about this guy? Well, I take that as a signal that I need to pray for them. I mean, what harm can it do, right? So if, whenever that happens, a drop-in, I just take a moment and I pray for them. And if they're in my phone, I pull out my phone. I've made this a habit. I pull out my phone and I text them and I send them four words. That's it. Four words. Praying for you today. Praying for you today. I just send them a text. It is amazing how often I hear back from them. How did you know? You know and then they want to tell me. <laughs> but it happens all the time. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 12, 23, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. So again, these can be momentary prayers. Sometimes they're long prayers. But with a little practice, it'll become a habit. And as you put these things into practice, you'll find that you are spending a lot less time talking to yourself and a lot more time talking to God. Now, I know I've given you a lot to think about in this session. So as you go to your group discussion, talk about the concept of aegis as it applies to your life. And then in your notes, write down some things in, in, that, in those aegis categories. Write some names down, some situations down in those categories that I mentioned. And then in your prayer time together, well, take a minute to pray for somebody you know who needs prayer and then send them that text praying for you tonight. In our next session, we will see what the Bible says about your authority in prayer and what it means to pray in Jesus' name. I'll see you next time.